awesome. Thank you so much, team. You guys are amazing. Well, welcome. Thanks for joining us here tonight. If we haven't met before, like Sam said, my name is Peter, um, and I have the joy of being on team here at Desert Life Church. Um, and tonight, I'm going to be continuing another part of our Jesus Is series. We've been going through it the last couple of months. And <laughs> guys, this is Chris. <laughs> Chris had an accident. Um, we're praying for his healing. <laughs> but we appreciate Chris a lot for playing tonight. <laughs> um, but I am continuing on in that series tonight. We've had a couple of weeks break um, because of Easter and our encounter night. Uh, but tonight I'm going to be sharing on Jesus is my keeper. And before I share, I just want to pray. So will you join me um, as we pray together? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you for how incredible you are, Father God. Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for Jesus and the name above every name, Father God, that we've declared so many times tonight already. Lord, I thank you, God, just that tonight that we are here ready just to receive your word, ready to, to hear from you, Father, and to sit in your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well... I want to start off tonight by talking, talking about something that I love and that I um, have learnt a lot from, and that is TikTok. <laughs> I think TikTok is wonderful and is full of incredible information that I would never have learnt otherwise. And one of the things that I recently have learnt a lot about is beekeeping. I know. I don't know why, I am about to gain a brother-in-law who is a beekeeper, so maybe it's that. But anyways, but I've learned a lot of things, like, did you know that the official name of a beekeeper is an apparist? See, no, neither did I. No one ever taught me that at school. But TikTok did. So, so in particular, there's this one beekeeper that I follow, and her job is to... It's true. <laughs> She's great. But her job is to rescue and relocate bees that have chosen to build their homes in some very odd places. They've chosen to build their homes in places like electrical boxes, rubbish bins, water meters, um, and even in the floors of houses. She doesn't exterminate them. She doesn't harm them any, in any way. She carefully removes the comb and she carefully removes the bees, literally actually just in her hand kind of weird, but anyways, uh, and places them into a portable hive before relocating them into a permanent location. It fascinates me the incredible places that these bees have chosen to make their home, places that they thought were safe and secure. They had no idea that the places they'd chosen were in fact unsafe and a place where they were unwanted. And the beekeeper came and removed them from what they thought was a safe and secure place, instead taking them to an actually safe place and providing them with what they need to live and flourish. You know, we can choose to build our homes, to build our lives in some interesting places. Places that feel comfortable and safe, that feel convenient and easy. But what we don't realise is that we've chosen to build our houses in an unsafe place a place of destruction and harm. 
But Jesus died on the cross and rose again. When he did that, he made way for us to have a new life, a resurrection life with him. And in John 10, Jesus calls himself the gatekeeper and the good shepherd. And in this passage, which we're about to read, Jesus is trying to explain to some Pharisees what his purpose here is on earth. So in John 10, we're going to read verses 1 to 18. It says, Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Because they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who, have, all who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. I am the shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the father knows me. And I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my father. I'm sure most of us, when hearing this passage would have an image in our mind of what a good shepherd looks like. So some of us might imagine a shepherd full of love and kindness or someone who is nurturing and peaceful. Others, we might think of David who fought off lions and bears. But I think of my grandfather, who is a farmer. And he makes, the way he makes his decisions is very carefully and particular way. He's a cattle farmer And so if you don't know what that is, it's cows. (laughs) You know. Well, the decisions he makes... (laughs) The decisions he makes aren't rush, they're not based solely off what is immediately happening. The decisions he makes are forward thinking. They're thinking towards the future, past tomorrow. Not what only will be best for his cattle now, but what will benefit them later. 
he takes into consideration things like historical weather patterns. And when is the best time to plant a crop that will produce food for the, sh for the cattle? Every decision he makes is looking past tomorrow, the same way a shepherd caring for his sheep does. We don't always see what is past tomorrow. Sometimes all we can see is what's immediately in front of us, the immediate situation that we're dealing with, and to us it feels like the world is ending. I don't know how I can get through this. I don't know how I can make it to tomorrow. But the incredible thing is, is that our Jesus can see past that. Looking at it in the original language of Greek, good shepherd is kalos poimain. Kalos means good, excellent in its nature and characteristics. And poimain means he to whose care and control others have committed themselves to. When we enter into salvation with Jesus, when we enter through that gate, we are giving ourselves over to Jesus, allowing him to be the Lord of our life and trusting in him through faith that he is our protector, that he is looking out for us and cares so deeply for us and guides our life. Jesus, whose very nature is excellent and good. In verse 18 of John 10, which we just read, Jesus talks about the authority he has received from his heavenly father. And in Ephesians, Paul wrote of the authority God has given Jesus, saying, in Ephesians 1, verses 20, it says, He, being God, exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Jesus came so that we might enter through his gate and live a new life with him and live in authority that has, given, that has been given to him through his death and resurrection. In Matthew 8, we read when Jesus says that all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. We have been granted the use of his name, the name far above all names, the name above every name. Like we sang tonight, there is no other name than the name of Jesus. And in Matthew 14, verses 13 to 14, it says, And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. When we enter through that gate, when we allow the Good Shepherd to be the Lord of our life, we hold the authority through the name of Jesus. It's our stamp of approval. Like a king's seal, it holds significant weight and authority. The great seal of the realm is the chief seal of the crown of England and is used to show the monarch's approval of important state documents. And I have an image I'd like to show you of the current great seal of the realm that belongs to our current monarch, Queen Elizabeth II, who unfortunately this past couple of days lost her husband over 73 years. Um, and I'm sure we all feel deep sorrow and are praying for them during what would be an incredibly hard time. But this image here, you can see the seal, which is the red, um, the red circular 
thing down the bottom there is the seal, and it's actually quite large. It's about 10 centimetres in diameter. Um, and you can see it there, it's attached with a cord to, to the document above. And that document there is um, called the BBC Charter, which has no relevance to what I'm talking about, but, um, <laughs> um, but it's just an example of what that seal looks like. Today, the Great Seal Matrix is used to create seals for a range of documents requiring royal approval, including letter patents, royal proclamations, commissions, and the documents which give power to sign and ratify treaties. In, this Im in the image that was just up on the screen, you can see how large it is. And the practice of using the seal began in the reign of Edward the Confessor in the 11th century. The seal provided pictorial expression of royal approval that could be understood by everyone in centuries when few people could read or write. Each official seal is unique. There's only one in existence at any time, which also means it's incredibly difficult to forge and tamper with. When the seal is applied to a document, everyone who knows what it is means knows what it is and what it means, understands that the crown, or in our case, is our case Queen Elizabeth II, it's been approved by her. The name of Jesus is our great seal of the realm. When we use it, we are showing those who know its meaning the authority that has been given to us through Christ Jesus. In Matthew, we see an interaction that Jesus had with the disciples, and in particular with Peter. And in Matthew 16, verses 13 to 17, it says, When Jesus came to the, re sorry, came to the region of Caesarea, Philippi, Caesarea, thank you. I'd practiced that for ages, guys. <laughs> Still got it wrong. Anyways. He asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. In this passage, we see two things happen. The first is that Peter believed. Confessing that Jesus is the Messiah and the Son of God, he had faith. Peter understood the divinity and the divine nature of Jesus, that he wasn't just a man, but he was in fact the son of the most high God. And once he believed and made his confession, then Jesus said, I will give you the authority. When we enter into relationship with Christ, giving ourselves over to him, we are given authority through his name, a name that already holds the victory and is greater than all things. It can be incredibly easy for us to forget that we have that authority. We carry through the name of Jesus. When we face difficult situations in our lives, whether they be in our health, 
our finances, our relationships, our work, whatever it may be that we're going through. We sometimes forget that we are in relationship with the living God made possible through Christ Jesus. We are in communion with him. And that authority will never leave us. As we continue to let him be the Lord of our lives. This afternoon I was listening to a beautiful song called Christ the Lord is with me. And the lyrics in the second verse really stuck out to me. And they say, Now I live with confidence that nothing in my universe could ever separate me from Jesus and his everlasting love. There's no height, there's no depth. True in life and true in death, you keep your covenant. Great will be your faithfulness. These lyrics, as I was listening to them this afternoon, reminded me that when we enter in relationship with Christ, we can have full confidence that he will never leave us. He will never wander away. Because how close you and I are to him, how close he feels to me, is entirely dependent on me. On my willingness to step closer to him. My willingness to give myself fully and totally to him. My willingness to enter through that gate into his care and his authority. The authority of the good shepherd. 18 months ago, I went through a rather trans rather large transition in my life and during that time a number of situations arose that caused me um, a considerable considerable amount of anxiety and stress and so I spent a lot of time just telling God how anxious I was complaining to him getting angry and frustrated and one day in particular I was so angry I was so angry with him so I felt like I had trusted him. I'd stepped out in faith, but it wasn't coming, but he wasn't coming through for me. And then I felt God speak to me and say, but you haven't used what's in your hand. And it was then that I realized that during that time when I felt so abandoned and angry with, at God for not coming through for me, I'd failed to do two things. The first was to spend considerable and focused time with him. Time that wasn't just a tick and flick, I've done my devotion for the day. But time in his presence, basking in his goodness and kindness. Because if I had, that would have produced faith. The second was that never once over that time had I actually asked God, had I made my request known to him. Never once had I used the authority given to me through the name of Jesus and said, I know this situation is horrible, but I know that the name of Jesus is greater, that no matter what is happening, no matter what is coming, it's going to be okay. And so I had to change my attitude and my perspective and bring myself closer to him and use the authority of the name of Jesus. And as soon as I did... The situations resolve themselves, not just to my expectations, but over and above them. So we are always going through different ups and downs in our life. But through everything, we need to do these two things. We need to remain close to Jesus. And we need to constantly remind ourselves of the power of the name of Jesus. In John 16, verses 23 to 24... 
Jesus says, In that day you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. We have the authority to ask for anything in the name of Jesus and believe that through faith those prayers will be answered. It may take time. It may not be an instant gratification we feel, but we trust in the name of Jesus, the name above every name, that he is greater than our situation, that he will give us strength, wisdom and peace through what it is we're going through. Tonight I chose the title of Jesus is my keeper, not just because I told a story of a beekeeper at the beginning, but because it's through him we get to live in relationship and communion with God. And it's through him we get to live in full confidence that no matter how hard life gets, we will never be abandoned. That we, will hold, that we hold in our hands the authority of Jesus. And if you're sitting here tonight and maybe you've got something going on in your life, remember that the name of Jesus is bigger. Remember that no matter what, how, no matter how alone you might feel right now, Jesus is right there. That when we're in relationship with Jesus, we carry his authority, like carrying the seal of the Most High King. We sang a song earlier um, called No Other Name, which is a beautiful song. I didn't know the team were going to do it tonight, but it's quite fitting. And in a moment... um, I'm going to finish and I'm going to pray. And I want us to sing that song again. As we sing and we declare over our lives that there is no other name. There's only the name of Jesus. You may be here tonight and maybe you don't know this Jesus that I've been talking about. You haven't taken those steps to enter into his gate, giving over and dying to your old life, entering into a new life with him. And I would love to give you that opportunity tonight. So with with every eye closed and every head bowed, if that's you tonight and you just feel this pulling in your heart, that, okay, I think this is me. I think this is my, my moment to take that step, to be closer to Jesus, to invite him into my life, to start a new life, a resurrection life. If that's you tonight, I just ask if you would raise your hands, your hand, no one else is looking around, it's just me so that I know who I'm praying with. But if that's you tonight, I'll just give you a moment. Thank you, Father. Church, will you stand with me? I'm going to pray. And then if the band, if you could lead us from um, verse 3 of that song, that would be perfect. I'm going to pray and then we're going to worship. 
Dearly Father, Lord, I thank you for the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that, that we hold that in our hands, Father. Lord, I thank you that no matter what might be going on in our lives, Father, that you are greater. Lord, I don't know what people might be going through here tonight, but we just pray and declare the name of Jesus over it, Father. Lord, I pray that your name is greater than anything, Father. And Lord, I pray that we can be in full communion with you, Father. So close, Father. Let us pray and thank you for how good you are, that you are the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords, and there's nothing you can't do. In the name of Jesus, amen.